Milk of the poppy. Well, well, well. If it is my old nemesis. Uh, Saturday night. <laughs> he used to be my best friend yeah. until the war. Damn. Tell, Tell me about the war. Started with two planes attacking my heart. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Not where I thought that was going. Misdirection. Yep. That's called improv. improv- Improvisation. That sounds like a good superhero name. Misdirection. What would ah. power be, though? Mm. To be like a really bad English boy band. Okay. That's her ability. To just <laughs> turn into a, an English boy band? Yeah. Okay. They call me Misdirection. Oh. Wait, that's what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is it M-I-S-S or is it M-S? M-I- it's, well, I mean, it's she M-I-S-S, but it's M-S period direction. It should be layered. And she also has more... <laughs> Multiple scoliosis. <laughs> you couldn't even pronounce the word. Right. <laughs> is it scolia? Sco- scolia- scoliosis. Scorsese? Yeah. <laughs> Scorsese. Multiple Scorsese's. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. <laughs> Episode four. More and a half? Four. Let's just go to four. All we right. just need a, we need a clean... <laughs> Slate? Yeah. You know, we had the three, the three and a half, um, which... Let's be sure that posts before this one does. <laughs> yeah, we'll get them. We'll get them in the morning. Yeah. Okay. After, early afternoon. Well, you know, well, we, well they they, they come out every Monday, so it feels weird to just okay. Have, well, maybe we should release. I'll post them both at the same time. Obviously, by the time this comes out. Ooh, is this a backlog? Is this our first backlog? Maybe, but what if we just? Um, I mean, obviously, this is irrelevant because by the time this is being listened to. By the seven people that are listening to it. Hey, well, you speak too. <laughs> yeah. It's called growth. Yeah, exactly. In my business. Go. And that's that's exponential right there. Yeah. Two to seven, man. Yeah. But anyway, by the time anyone would listen to this, three and a half would already be out. But let's say that maybe we try to release three and a half tomorrow, which is Sunday, and then we can aim for releasing this on Monday. Yeah. You know, back to back. And the people listening in to this episode, they know the backstory because they listened to episode three and a half mm-hmm. on why we have a three and a half. They probably know more backstory than we do. So what we're saying now is almost redundant. Yeah. Because they get it. Mm-hmm. They're the fan. We are. We're on to the next. Yeah. What would your What was your What would your ideal uh, superpower be? That's a good question. Um, God, it's tough because you know I watched this video on YouTube years ago. That like broke down this question more than anyone should ever break down a question like this. It's like asking what your favorite song is. It's hard to it, so point. Yeah, there, there's a, a part of that, but it was also that it went over like really good points for why certain superpowers would actually make, be kind of inconvenient. Like the the point was made that super strength wouldn't that be cool? You know, you have the ability to lift things and move things, but guess what? Now you basically just have you know how when you have a truck. You're asked to help all your friends move. That's why I don't have a truck anymore. Exactly. But if you have super strength, now you're getting asked by everybody to mm. do everything. Like, once that secret's out, you are the truck, you know? So you got to count that in. It's like, okay, I can do some cool things, but, you know, I also have this list of expectations now. And it's awkward when you're not voted Motor Trend Truck of the Year. Yeah, exactly. What do you do? I yeah. It's just a human who's not voted Truck of the Year. <laughs> So, did you pinpoint... Um, well, the one they came up with, just for what it's worth, was the ability to, like, stop time and just kind of, like, 
not really manipulate things, but just kind of stop. And then the the comparison they used was, you know, Saved by the Bell, Zach's yeah, he, freeze thing. Yeah. Obviously, in the show, it's not really like a superpower, but it also kind of is because he just freezes everything and then he can like monologue or whatever. But they kind of came to the conclusion that something like that would be an ideal superpower because no one would know that you have it really and you could just kind of use it to just take a break every once in a while or you know maybe if an, an event is happening around you that is unpredictable you can just freeze it and just kind of take it all in or whatever um, I don't remember all the details it was a while ago that I saw this but that basically like a lot of the fun ones like invisibility the the movie we're going to reference here in, in a few minutes the Incredibles that we watched uh, kind of does talk about this but like invisibility you have to be naked the whole time for it to really work you know because your clothes aren't going to turn invisible so there's just always these weird drawbacks from all these abilities. But all in all, man, I think all things equal, probably like flight or something, I think that would be pretty dope. Just to be able to fly, really. I don't know that I would even use it as a superpower, but just just to be able to do that would be pretty cool. Yeah. You know? What about you? Well, you do have a superpower. Oh. Connecting. Damn. Yeah. Damn, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm here to say it. Oh, I would say your superpower then is kind words. Ah. Uh, yeah. It's not. <laughs> it's not, because I take it all back. Oh, <laughs> damn. Misdirection. Foiled again. <laughs> uh, superpower. I have not ever thought deeply on this. I know it's a common, kind of a common question. Uh, I, have, you, have you seen uh, Clock Stoppers? That old Disney movie? Yeah. Yeah. Like 2002. Yep, same kind of thing. Where he has that watch and he just... That's not relevant to what I'm about, like, what my power would be, but it was mm-hmm. what you were talking about. Yeah. It reminded like, me of that movie. Yeah, it's the same exact I don't, thing. I don't... Sure. I couldn't tell you anything outside of... Uh, oh, what's that band you like? <laughs> uh, Astro Lounge? Oh, Smash yeah, Mouth. Boo! Yeah. Smash Mouth. I think they uh, do the... the sco- yeah. Not I the think, score, but the soundtrack. I think you're right. I don't remember which song... Couldn't but, tell you what it, it was like. Probably it was. I think it was like the album after. But yeah, I know what you're talking. It's just about a that. random memory I had that needed to get out. Hey, that's what it's for, man. That's your superpower. The, whoa! Remember autism memories. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the real curveball. That's that's the X gene. We've, we've had podcast all idea curveball. Starring, okay. Starring Ben Kerr. Yeah, I'll write it down. K E R R. Yeah. V E. Oh. Yeah. yeah okay. It's your name. Also the one curve. Got it. Yes. Wow. Okay. I think that's your superpowers coming up with podcast names. Whoa. Yeah. If you were in the military, you'd be a colonel. Okay. <laughs> Come on. So, so oh, superpower. Um, just one of the big ones. What would be cool? You don't have to think about ramifications. I agility. Who even brought that up? Huh? Agility. Agility. <laughs> Speed. Agility. Super quickness. agility. So, um, so you don't even have like super straight line speed. You just have the I just super wanna, ability to cut. I just want to react. Okay. So I can be super reaction. I just want to be better at eye racing. So, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I, it's so I don't. None of them are, like all the big ones don't seem that interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, not to say that they're not important. Like Captain Car- Captain, I can't talk. <laughs> yeah. Captain America. He's like a culmination of a bunch of different things. Yeah. He's got this. He's got some speed. He's got some strength. But he's not like. The top of the food chain, all of them. He just, yeah. He's just kind of a fighter. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's like Mark Wahlberg in the movie The Fighter. Whoa, just, sick reference. Whoa, 2010. Yeah. <laughs> that should be the new bit. Anytime another movie's mentioned, I have to do the year. Okay, yeah. 
and or it's gonna bug me. I mean, that's kind of a bit. You I do, do anyway. it. I do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's well let's before we get into the Incredibles, let's let's work through this with me. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm trying to think of. Like, flight would be fun, but I want that to yeah. be part of my repertoire. I don't want that to be like, yeah. oh, he flies. Well, see, then, then you got to be... Because then you got to decide, well, are we are we deciding that we can have multiple superpowers? Or do you have to figure out a superpower that can be manipulated in such a way that flight is possible? Like a storm situation. Where she doesn't really have the ability of flight, but she has the ability of, like, wind and stuff. And that is what kind of lifts her and allows her to fly. You know? So, like... Ooh, I could manipulate like the magnetic poles of the North and South Pole. <laughs> I could, I could you just destroy the world on day one. I can create, I can accelerate or decelerate climate change. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. As quickly as I want. Oh my God! I'll you be just, called. I can be called the equator or something. You just gotta turn up the dial when things aren't going your way. All right. <laughs> well played, President uh, Johnson. <laughs> hey, good call. Good, uh, good common name. We're bound to get another President Johnson yeah. sometime. So, yeah, I'd be called the Equator. And <laughs> because you're equalizing just the... Yeah. You're bringing it back and forth. <laughs> kind of feels like we need a hot day today. Yeah, and that's the irony, is that like I'm cold-hearted, but I'm the Equator. But <laughs> yeah. if I let people in... Cold-hearted, but warm-blooded. If I let people in, I, I feel warm in myself. Okay. So this is your redemption arc. Yes. Okay. I'm an anti-villain slash yeah. slash superhero. <laughs> you're an anti-villain, but you're anti-superheroes. Who who's a bad guy that becomes good? I mean, it's a lot of them. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, geez, <laughs> like all of them. If, if you wait long enough, I'm like the predator. Not predator. God. <laughs> <laughs> what are you? Your brain is broken. Today. I'm, doing, I'm sick. <laughs> I got the sniffies. I'm just curious what you actually meant. <laughs> I did this like, the last episode. The, the, the Punisher. <laughs> okay. He's, he's an anti-villain. Yeah, that's your superpower. He's not even like a hero. His predatory behavior. <laughs> oh, yeah. They call, uh, they call me a... Uh, the Predator. <laughs> Bones Jones Weinstein yeah. Predator. Uh, All right, let's get into it. The Incredibles 2004... A film I have not seen since I went to see it in theaters with my family when my parents were still together. LOL. Um, Good, wholesome family movie, though. Bush's first term. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, it shows, when, really. When grass was... Gr- yeah. yeah. You know, just different era. I don't even know where to begin. I will say a couple things that I've for- kind of forgotten about. I, well, I, not even forgotten, I just... Didn't even know, because it's been so long, I don't remember hardly anything about the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought Samuel L. Jackson was barely in it. Like, Frozone. Yeah, pretty much. Very minor character. Yeah. And I, I remember the super suit scene, because mm-hmm. plus you see all the time on social media, just yeah. replayed. Um, but it was very, just focused on the four characters. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a lot, there a lot more, and the other thing that surprised me was how violent it was. Like, for an animated movie, mm-hmm. I mean, Disney kind of has the cliche of, like, someone dying early on, and that's how they get their motivation to rise up. Yeah. Not that really any of our main, our main characters pass away, but... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what was I going with that? <laughs> you were just saying that it was, it was like, unusually violent. Yeah, because, oh, yeah, early on when he, when he was hanging out with Frozone, like, I, I was just kind of, I was surprised to see a gun. I did not remember any guns. Not that I'm, I'm not anti-gun. I'm just, mm-hmm. we're in this culture, especially with Tim Wells, anti-gun. Hey! <laughs> Don't tell my dad. Yeah. No. 
I'm not anti-gun though. Yeah. So, but he. So I'm anti-fun. Hey, <laughs> come on. No, I'm actually <laughs> pro-fun. Yeah. Yeah, but so so he freezes the guy though that shoots, which seemed like a crime. Yeah, I mean, I said you, that. I mean, that kills you. How do you get out of that situation? The dude's suffocating. And uh, again, I mean, I brought this up in the movie, but an officer pointing his gun at an unarmed black man. Yeah, but it was '04. People didn't know. Yeah, that, it, yeah, you know, it was new then. That wasn't even just a thing that people mm. were thinking about. Right. You know. And he. He might have. I mean, he didn't. He was re- anytime. Uh, you know, someone yeah. reaches for a water. Come on. Well, and, and if you if you watch the scene though, I know we're we're kidding around, but honestly, the the gunshot happens just a moment after Frozone begins the freezing. Yeah. So I mean, like Frozone doesn't shoot the cop, but he does fire something at the cop, and then the cop reacts to that. You know, so it's like it's not like the cop just decides to shoot this dude with his hands up. He does notice that he's about to get frozen. Yeah. Something, something comes out of Frozone. I think you know? there's like an internal investigation within that police department. I think mm-hmm. they would exonerate the police officer. Well, yeah, given he certain, didn't do anything. He didn't do anything wrong. Right? <laughs> but but, but today's media. I think I don't know. I, talking I to you, Don Lemon. I think even in today's media, people would have sympathy for the guy who lost his life because he was frozen to death. But he's, I saw his eyes moving. Yeah, so. but he's suffocating. Please no, but explain to me. You can, guys, su- can you suffocate around surrounded by water? It's called drowning. <laughs> Not frozen water. There, yeah. there is oxygen within that water. Oh, okay. He purposely leaves a little air bubble in there because yeah, yeah. I'm thinking you, you you can't even like break open the ice because you'll just hurt him. I don't know. I think he's dead. I think that's a bigger problem. Mm. I'm pretty sure Frozone killed this dude. I mean, it was in self defense, kind of, but also not really. Because... Was it mutual self defense? Well, that's what's interesting, is it, yeah. it kind of was, but also, like I said, Frozone shot first, so to speak. Whoa. Yeah. Ask questions later. Yeah. He didn't ask any questions. He just <laughs> dipped. That, that is a, a classic oopsie. When uh, you, go to, you go to save people from a burning building, yeah. and then you bust through like four layers of wall into, and I, coincidentally, mm-hmm. what are the odds? Uh, a high-end jewelry store right next door <laughs> yeah. to a shitty apartment building, yeah. and then the alarms go off. Yep. And now, and they're wearing the ski mask. It's mm-hmm. not a good look. It's not a good look. Even if you're a superhero. And so. it kind of looks like they've kidnapped like 10 people. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, they look like, you know, they were just in a fire because they were. So, yeah. thank some laws of deduction, Sherlock's. Yeah, I mean, maybe you try to talk it out with the cops a little bit, you know. See if you can work out a deal. I mean, all they got to do is look behind me. We got, we got people right here that are, you know, passed out. We need medics in here. Yeah. We don't need police presence. <clears throat> That's the thin blue line they were warning us about. Damn. It was just uh, a layer of ice. Man. That, was, that was the blue line. A thin layer of ice. All along. Wow. Have you seen it recently? The Incredibles? The yeah. first one? Not super recently. Definitely since theaters, that's for sure. But I would say it's it, it's it's been at least a handful of years. Well, that should be a podcast. Been at least. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on. All right. You know what's interesting is every time you say that, I honestly don't know which grouping of words <laughs> you're you're picking up on. So I'm like going, which part of what I said is going to be a good? So it's, it's kind of fresh and exciting for you every time. Yeah. Every time you say it, I go, oh, that's not what I would have chosen. But yeah, okay, yeah. I can see where you're coming from. I think it's because I never hear myself say Ben, as in B E E N. Yeah. I just say too many E's. B E E N. Every t- are these are three E's. Well, because see, the B has an uh, E on yeah. it too, B-E-N. so it always B E E N. Yeah. But it sounds like you're saying a bunch of E's. Yeah, I do that in my own name, like Tim, 
T I I E M. Team. Excuse me. I got the the burps. The old the sniffles. The sniffles and burps. That should be your podcast. Whoa! Oh, I get it. Because I'm disgusting. No. Next week on sniffles and burps, featuring Ben at least. Instead of Ben at last. Okay. Well, you should come out with Ben at last first. And then just an extended universe of podcasts. Yeah, it's like an anti podcast. Mm -hmm. Ben at least. It's like your worst possible. It's kind of like recency bias. It's like really bad shows, really (laughs) low effort, low hanging fruit jokes. Really awful things. Have a miserable time of it. (laughs) What's your least favorite? What would be the least favorite Disney movie? Oh, that's a good question. Um, can it be like any Disney movie at all? What's the, what's the one you don't like? I mean, nothing comes to mind immediately as you something I make us suffer through it. I'd probably just say kind of the older ones more than anything. Like, the older you go back, if you made me watch, like, Snow White or something, I could, I could do once, maybe, just because I haven't seen it in a while, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't care. People, <laughs> people will make a big deal about the prince, like... Kissing a sleeping woman, <laughs> like it's some kind of sexual assault. Yeah, it's like she's frozen, she like or she's like asleep. Yeah, I mean like she's the that's the the prick one, right? Yeah, where she goes into a slumber until true love's kiss or whatever. See, I don't know. Wait, is that, that Sleeping be, Beauty? That's Sleeping Beauty. Isn't Snow she like in, she's like in comatose? I think is that the apple man? I get all these things. Yeah, God, dude. Maybe I'm yeah. Maybe I'm making all this up. I don't know. Regar- some some one of them does an apple. One of them gets pricked. They all fall asleep. Men come and wake them up with a kiss. It's always a knight. There's usually a dragon. You know, and then there's dwarves. Speaking of someone who get pricked, Alasta woman, she fine. You know, I was going to say, um, maybe my favorite character in the movie. She, well, we were, you were talking about, like, best uh, superheroes and, like, how... Well, even, like, super strength would be annoying because then you're the guy with the truck. Alasta yeah. woman was the most, like, useful. She's like a Swiss yeah. Army knife. Yeah. But also, that's exactly how that power set should be utilized. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a worn-out take at this point, but, you know, a lot of people have said that this is, like, the Fantastic Four movie that we deserve, right? That, that it's not an exact replication of those Fantastic Four uh, powers, but it's close enough, and it's such a good cohesion of those powers that it's kind of like a blueprint to how to use them. And I think Elastigirl for Mr. Fantastic is, like, just 10 out of 10... That's exactly how Mr. Fantastic should be. It's just, like you said, a Swiss Army knife. He should be able to move his body into any position, and he is like the unique fix to any problem almost. And that's how she's used. Now, you know, there's no like inherent super strength or anything, but even her speed and stuff is like increased by her ability to kind of like reach her arm out and grab a light pole or something, and then she can bring herself forward. And there's, there's like, she can do a lot of increased abilities just because she uses her powers creatively. And and she's also, I mean, I, I, I want to stay on the movie, but just, I'm, I'm watching this again, and I'm going, okay, the entire cast does great. There's, there was no uh, actor or voice actor or whatever that I felt was bad by any means. But Holly Hunter <clears throat> was just like, every time I watch, the most emotional moments in this movie to me are Elastigirl's moments. Like, her moments as a mother yeah. are just like, man, they, they, I mean, they, even this time, it gets me on, like, the, the edge of tears occasionally. That, that part in the, in the jet is, like, one of my favorite parts in the movie, maybe my favorite. Just her, like, the way that she kind of exudes that urgency of, of you know, she finally says there's, there's kids on board, and she's, like, trying to get Violet to put the force field around the plane and everything. 
that whole movie or that whole uh, moment just kind of chokes me up. Yeah, you know? I, I said out loud, oh, that's a mother for you. Yeah. You know, moms will just fucking do anything. Yeah. Well, and I love, too, just the, not only the, I mean, it is the direction. It's it's always weird to say, like, direction of the movie when it's animated, but, but there is still direction. And and it was, like, that urgency of, like, flashing between the, the missile and the plane and the kids and her, and it's just, like, going and going and going and going, like, faster and faster until it gets, and she, like, she does everything she can up into the moment that she knows that the plane's going to get hit. And then she immediately just goes into quite literally super mom mode and just does the exact right thing to save them, you know? And it's just that that moment in general. Plus, I mean, this is a whole other thing, but the score on top of it is just... A lot of, it, a lot of inspiration um, in that score. Yeah. You could hear, like, superhero-y stuff. I hear a lot of James Bond. Yeah, it's very uh, spy-y. But, it, but, yeah, it's very triumphant and trumpety and everything. Well, and, and Disney. Like, I, I, I feel like I heard, like, hints of, like, Emperor's New Groove in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just, the, just the way it flowed and matched perfectly with the stakes and the, yeah. the rhythm and uh, of everything. You bring up Holly Hunter. I was going to bring that up as far as, like, the voice cast. You would think this was, like, an, a, like an A-list type of cast. There is... I mean, there's some notable people. I mean, they're all talented. I'm familiar with most of the voice cast, but they're not like huge names, which yeah. nowadays you almost have to. Like, that's just the way it's shifted in the mm-hmm. last 20 years, where you, you could take a guy like David Spade and he's the lead of a movie. Like, Not to say he's not like, you know, big, but he's not huge. Yeah. Where this cast, Craig T. Nelson, who, you know, he's vaguely familiar in like, his whole history is just like television film and mm-hmm. random recurring episodes. He's built a career off of being that random character in like yeah. 40 years. He's not, he's never really been the guy to have him be the lead role of a Pixar movie. Um, especially one that's probably regarded as one of the better ones, probably top five. Yeah. For I sure. think just as a whole. And then you bring Holly Hunter. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's big, but she's not like, yeah, same kind of thing. She's Jennifer Lawrence big. Yeah, but she's not like a superstar. And then like, obviously like the voice act, like the, I think the, I, I forget the character's names. Uh, Violet, like that, that the, the one who plays Violet is mm-hmm. uh, an adult in real life. She's like 50. Yeah. And then I think the actual, they actually got an actual kid to play Dash. Okay. So he didn't come back for the second one because he was like 24. He didn't? <laughs> No, he was like twenty five at, at the time. Right. I mean, I don't, I just don't remember the voice of the second one being like noticeably different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was an actual kid when he did the first one. So okay. And then, but uh, I didn't realize that was Jason Lee either. Jason Lee, another guy. Yeah. He, he's my name is Earl. He is. Yeah, known I was gonna for, say. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, he's in some other stuff, but I couldn't tell. And yet, that. That, that voice <laughs> matches. Like in my head, when I hear it, it it's it's syndrome. Like yeah. It always has been. And I'm familiar with Jason Lane. He's done a handful of really great things. But, but again, like when I hear that voice, I see the the, the the face of Syndrome more than almost anything. And, you know, I, I and like the 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 I don't know what you call it the the diamond amongst the I don't know the average voice. That, that's mean. It's not even average. My point is Samuel L. Jackson. You know, just amongst all these people, it's just, oh, by the way, Samuel L. Jackson is frozen, you know? Yeah. It's like, not, not that he is leaps and bounds above all these other actors and actresses, but but he, if anyone stands out to me as kind of like the big name, you know, in there, it's probably him. But aside from that, like you said, it's just a bunch of really solid actors 
but no one that's like this massive name. And I think, man, quite frankly, animated or not, I think that when a really good movie hits, it's often like on the back of something like that. Like it's it's interesting because we have these super actors or these these just these mega stars that we kind of associate with the biggest movies. But in my opinion, the honest like best movies it almost always elicits this kind of conversation, which is like, you know, in the cast, fantastic, but a bunch of names I wouldn't have expect, expected. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like that happens to me more often than not. Even if you look back on, like, I don't know why this one came to mind immediately, but, like, you know, when you look at a Goodwill Hunting or, or something, you know, yeah, with the benefit of hindsight, it has these mega stars in it. But at the time, you could argue they were just kind of like people that were up and coming. You know what I mean? And it seems like that's what makes, like, a really great movie is not that there's one thing that makes a great movie, but you have this cast that, that you go, man, it was just a group of people that worked really well together. And it's not always like, this movie was incredible because it had Tom Cruise in it. Not that Tom Cruise makes bad movies, but you know what I'm saying? I just feel like we have these conversations a lot about like great cast, but not like a, a super A-list guy in it. But I don't know. Well, I'm sure at the time, when you bring up Goodwill Hunting, I mean, it won, it won an Oscar for, like, Best Original Screenplay. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure, like, if you were a movie buff at the time, and or even in Hollywood, you're like, oh, shit, who are these people? Yeah. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and then some some guy named Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah. Who? And it's like, not that you... I'm sure at the time you, you knew who Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, and obviously Robin Williams. Like, you knew who these people were. But I would imagine that at that time, they were not what they are now. No. I mean, at, at the time, I think Ben Affleck had done, like, maybe one Kevin Smith film. Yeah. And they were both in School Ties, him and yeah. Matt Damon. I mean, like, smaller movies. That, they, were, they were building a resume. Mm-hmm. But, but at age, like, 27. Yeah. And 24 or whatever, to write this film together. And that's what, and we remember it. A lot of people, when they saw it then, they remember, wow, this was the beginning of a... Career and and that's what make movies sometimes stick out. And the Incredibles is definitely one of them. Even though I hadn't seen it in you know eighteen yeah. nineteen years, coming back to it, I enjoyed the hell out of it just as much as I probably did the first time. Yep. Uh, and you're right. There were like it was just there were like heavier moments than I remember. The humor, mm-hmm. the humor. It, that's the beautiful thing about seeing it now. So you appreciate it even more because there's like a really good animated film can really. You know, walk that line of entertaining children and adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you re- you remember the stuff you liked as a kid, and then you throw on like these throwaway lines. Sometimes you can barely hear it, <laughs> like, yeah. like when they go steal that RV thing at the end to get yeah. off, to get off yep. the base, and they're tr- you know the henchmen are in there, and they're you know they're overseeing that robot that is about to destroy the city. He's like, I'm too. Uh, every time we see someone run, we're taking shots. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have caught that as yeah. a kid. Well, and I, I love to think that, like, maybe that wasn't even, like, part of the script initially, and it was just that they were, like, putting it together, and at one point, someone was like, you know what would be funny? Is, is like, you know, we already have the characters going up to the RV, and they surprise the guys, yeah. and they beat them up. What if we just throw this little line in there, just to add a little character to the guys in the RV? And you're right, like, I... I if you'd have asked me if that line was in the movie before I watched it just now, I never noticed that. I, no way. That was the first time I actually heard that said, and it was fantastic. And I'll tell you another thing. This is, this is kind of a different tonal moment, but I, so I had remembered, I had seen this movie enough to remember that Syndrome has that kind of iconic line of the, um, 
you know, we'll be in a world where everybody's super, you know, and, and when that's the case, no one will be, you know, that kind of thing. So I knew that that was like a, a theme of it, at least from a, a villainous perspective, but I didn't realize that Flash said that basically like same thing early in the movie. It's like a really heavy foreshadow. And, and if you're watching it for the very first time, it's just kind of a moment that Flash notices, but he really does... Well, who's Flash? Sorry, Dash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's such, I mean, that's what they're going for anyway, and I just... It, yeah, it okay. switches in my head. I was like, is that a... No, but Dash. Okay. When, when, when he's talking, and, and it's like right after she picks him, Elastigirl picks when him When he's in the car. When yeah. In the car. And, yeah. And he says basically the exact same thing, where she's like, everybody's special, honey. You know, and he goes, well, if everybody's special, then no one is. And I think if you watch that for the first time, yeah, it's a solid line. It's a solid moment. Because you, you had even mentioned it. You're like, huh, you know, that's that's a, that's a deep, whatever you said, it was deep or whatever. Yeah. You know, but I'm also thinking, I'm like, oh, oh, like, that's what Syndrome says later, too. And there's you don't do that on accident. You know, that was obviously foreshadowing that kind of switch with Syndrome. But I, I just thought that was, it was interesting. There's a, There were more moments in this movie than I realized having the ability to, like, know it pretty well but watch it for the first time in a long time that I, I had fresh enough eyes to notice things earlier on that was like wow they really not that I ever thought this was poorly written by any means but it was even better written than I remember it being like it, it was I it just quite it's, it's such a good movie <laughs> I don't know like we'll get to ratings later but honestly like I think for what it's worth of the four movies five technically that we've done even though this is a movie I've seen a few times already, I think this is my favorite of all of them. You know, I just, it reminded me that I've seen the second one sort of recently and I know I enjoy that and I knew I loved the first one, but man, like, I didn't remember that I loved it this much. It's just so solid. Oh yeah, I wrote down a note. Well, I was going to like keep notes throughout and I, forget, I just forgot. You got <laughs> locked in. The I did, I got not, I locked in, but the first thing I, it was really early in the movie. I'm like, I just said, interesting, Disney came out with the superhero-based film before the big superhero fad. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, at the time, Spider-Man 1 had come out, Spider-Man 2 was the same year, and, you know, a select few, X-Men, whatever. Yep. It wasn't like this giant thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, they didn't, maybe they had some rights in the works for the Iron Man, that whole universe, yep. but... It, it just it seemed ahead of its time mm-hmm. in hindsight. I think it definitely uh, especially was. for an animated film. Obviously, yeah. I mean, there, there's a couple of animated superhero films, you know, like Bolt. I don't know if you've seen Bolt, uh, like of oh, the dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's Disney, but it's like you know that realm. Mm-hmm. They start giving these. Is random... that even a superhero movie, or is that? I thought that was yeah, about a, a dog. He's that... a super dog. I think he plays a super dog. Oh. <laughs> And it's about him. He's an actor. Oh, he's, he's a dog like an actor. Dog. Yeah, and he plays a super dog. I saw it one time. And then the movie is about him, like coping with the fact that he doesn't have uh, the actual. Yeah. Still, good example. <laughs> yeah, Tim. yeah, great one. I mean, as far as I can remember, it was still a good movie. But yeah. Okay. Well, maybe we should do that one at some point. I haven't seen that in a long time. I don't have a lot of time. We have all these other movies to get to. We, have at least, like, we, we only have until we die, so yeah. I mean, which we're going to be limited. Hopefully soon. Yeah, hopefully. Like a month. You know, put, uh, in, put in the application. I am the equator. <laughs> Just turn up the heat. Oh. Well, I guess turn it down since it's already cold. It'd probably take less time. Dude, I, 
I was so cold this morning. Yeah. I actually wore like a like like a like a neck scarf thing. Okay. And I wore it as a mask all, most of the day. Nice. And then I then I got self conscious. I was like, well, hopefully they don't think I'm just like trying to be like too scared of COVID still. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I don't want them to think I'm some kind of pussy. I'll, like I'm. I'll, I'll like be I'm being cautious. I'm or something. cool with being a pussy if it's regarding to my warmth of my body. Mm-hmm. But come on, I am so anti. I'm trying to spread I'm, everything, okay? Oh, or misinformation and germs. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, misinformation. Whoa. One. Yeah. On, she's like the like an all-knowing superhero. Wow, she's on yeah. omnipotent. That's what it can be. It's misinformation and misdirection. So misinformation has all the information, but misdirection is like her twin that pretends uh, ooh, to have all uh, the information. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. There might be something here. What's that word? I was trying to... Um, omnipotent. Maybe. What? But... <laughs> omnipotent. Um, omnipotent? It's like a sexual... All-knowing, okay. but has like... But has nipples. Giant tits. Okay. Omnipotent. Nice. If God, God could be hot. We don't know. I mean, God is absolutely hot. Yeah, and cold. Yeah. The equator. God is everything. God is the Incredibles 3. If, the, if God is a woman, it's the last a woman. Yeah. Baby got back, let me yeah. tell you. Well, like we talked about, though, I think it's interesting that she she can clearly make her body into whatever shape she wants. So in some sense, the body type that she has at any moment is the body type she's choosing to have. You know, and and I mean, realistically, there probably is kind of a default body type that she just has, but you kind of never know. So I mean, there's always there's that meme that has gone around for 20 years of how thick she is and stuff, and it could just be that she just kind of decided if you that wanna, she was going to be thick. Like, if you want to get too deep into this, based on what she can do, there's no chance she had a C-section. Yeah, no, I mean, like, <laughs> but that's a good point though because. A lot of those things in that kind of realm of anatomy are going to just be way different for her. Because you're right. If you could just... Because it's a cartoon. Obviously, we're not going to see anything (laughs) graphic. But she had kids. So, like, we know that something's happening down there. Plus, they're not... Like, not that they're showing Mr. Incredible and her fucking, but, like, they make it pretty clear that there's a hot and heavy relationship There's sexual tension. Yeah. So, I mean, like... The, the movie is not shying away from the fact that sex is on the table. Well, Syndrome even says, uh, oh, you got busy. What yeah. I mean... It, it, sex exists in this universe. Exactly. A hundred percent. There's way too much evidence to, to say that it doesn't. And under those circumstances with her abilities, yeah, I mean, it, it's just a completely different ballgame. I bet you labor was nothing. I don't even know that pregnancy would be much. Here's the real question. What did her superpowers do when she had a kid growing inside of her that didn't have those superpowers? Because there's no way that she could like she flatten should, them. She, she probably just had to do it normally. Yeah. Until she gave birth, and she, you know, she. I mean, she could stretch other parts of her body, but anything in, in her midsection, she probably just had to do nothing. Yeah. I mean, she couldn't flatten herself up against a wall when she has like a seven-month-old baby in her stomach. Imagine her kegels. <laughs> I think her kegels are just being alive. Is it kegels? Maybe. I'm not going to pretend to know what a kegel is, really. It's like the... I know what it is. I just... I'm not... I don't know the details of it. <laughs> and I'm not... I don't know enough to know that Women Elastigirl do it post-pregnancy, so they can yeah. gain strength. Yes, give me all the details that you know about and what kegels are. And their labia? I, the vagina is interesting. 
because I know nothing about it. There you go. <laughs> see, you see where that's all. Where this ends up always. I, yeah, I, I usually know where to direct things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like with the podcast or with, like our like Brad Bird, the director of mm-hmm. The Incredibles, two thousand four. Yeah. The movie that we watched for recency bias, episode oh. four and a half. No, just four. <laughs> So you were talking about animated vaginas, though. I haven't delved too deep into that realm. Yeah, you haven't. Um, at least, like, without purposely sending it to the group text. <laughs> what? Well, I got, like, I, Oh, okay. If I have general curiosity, I want to find something outrageous, I'm going to find it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to... I'm going to unsolicited... Yeah, trust me, he's looked. Oh, it's going to be unsolicited, and I'm going to send it to all the boys, <laughs> and they're going to be like, what the fuck is this? Why... Yep. Why You've is, done that a handful of times. Why sure. is Peter Griffin banging a, a Care Bear? Have you sent that? Not yet. No, but it, it's my it? new kink. You have it on. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, they they shoot more than just love out their chest. <laughs> okay, I think we can move away from this at any time. <laughs> yep. Um, okay, so I mean, we've already kind of gone off the rails with like the, you know, the Kegels. Um, the order of the movie, but let's kind of just run through the movie, you know, front to back real quick, just to be sure of, of any moments we wanted to address. So I think one thing, another part that I didn't really remember the details of, I knew that Bob had a, like a really shitty job, you know, being a real person. What I didn't realize is the, the, the pretty blatant, like just, how do I put this? I mean, it's criticism, but it's not undue of like, insurance companies yeah like that was the whole point that he goes from superhero to just like the shittiest worst person you can be or at least the worst job yeah i mean like bob's still a solid dude but he's in a position that kind of forces him to be a horrible person too you know and you have to watch him because and obviously the movie knows that it's doing it you know obviously but it but it plays as if like you know you're 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 helping the american people or whatever but then it immediately goes to the scene of him denying coverage to this like 80 year old woman oh and yeah the commentary on that yeah she's like i'm on a fixed income yeah i'm like i felt that yeah exactly and that's and that's where i think you know you'd mentioned earlier how these movies are like designed for kids and for adults and i do think that is a a a piece that as a kid we probably saw that and all that filtered through our brain was bob has a job at a desk he doesn't like it you know boss is mean stuff like that but then you watch it again as an adult and yeah they're not going into like the minutiae of of insurance but but they're portraying this as a very real like criticism of insurance and insurance companies you know so it's not it's not the point of the movie but it is it's a jab for sure that they're taking and that was one that i i didn't realize was that specific when you know when i was remembering the movie before but but i thought they did it really well and you know it was a little over the top when you start talking to the boss but but you know he has that moment where he's talking about you know who's going to look out for the shareholders you know, and that, yeah. that was kind of like, that was a message that I feel like really would resonate, especially today. I'd chuckle to that line. I would yeah. not chuckle to that in 2004. Yeah, you would have been like, I don't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know, but... Who's sharing what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but... So I loved that, all that. And I love that, you know, Bob has this struggle with... Uh, suicide. With suicide, yeah. There was suicide in this. Yeah, well, attempted suicide. Well, still, I was yeah. like, I was like, surely he didn't... Well, you know, but even that, it's such a small part of the movie at the beginning, but even that's a really interesting uh, kind of thought experiment of, like, is it the superhero thing to do to save a person 
who has jumped off a building. You know, not to argue that, like, suicide is good or anything, but you have this guy who has already made the decision and he's falling off the building, and then is it the superhero's responsibility to go save that person, especially when he presumably, like, breaks his neck or something? Like, he has a neck brace on, he hurts him, he drives him through a fucking window. I mean, the guy's hurt. You know, so there there is a certain argument to be made about, like, you know, Bob has a point, I saved your life, that's what superheroes do. But then the dude kind of has a point, too, where he's like, yeah, but you kind of ruined my life, too, because... Oh, I can't move, I have... Yeah, and now I just want to die again. You know, so, I mean, they don't dwell on it too long, but even that, I thought, was an interesting, uh, just thing to bring up in the world of superheroes. It was... It, 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 not that The Incredibles is anything close to, like, the boys, but it felt like it was playing with, like, boys' territory. Um, in a world where they don't they don't want the superheroes. They, yeah, you know. In a sense, I mean, the, for the most part, for the most part, like, the boys... Well, not the, specifically the boys, but uh, the, whatever company that is. Vaught. Yeah, yeah. Vaught, that's the propaganda machine that yeah. these are, you know, they're treated as... <laughs> like they're Chris Evans and Chris yeah, Hemsworth. exactly. If your name, you know, Chris and Handsome. And like, you know, in The Boys, you have the, the public, some of them generally have like a positive outlook on them, but a lot of them have bad interactions with them. So there's kind of this combination of, okay, they're superheroes and they save us from things, but they also kind of just destroy the city doing it. And that's a big thing. Oh, yeah. That they, 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 yeah, the property damage. And that's, yeah. you know, I did not realize that when I saw this in 2004 but I have had many thoughts like that watching any Marvel movie I'm like oh the property damages and yeah. didn't even realize it was, it was kind of talked about mm-hmm. in this movie that was probably written in 2001 2002 and even uh, you know maybe we can do Incredibles 2 at some point down the road but you know so for one if you don't remember Incredibles 2 starts as soon as this one ends so you have the underminer come up and that's just how the second movie starts and it goes from there but I don't remember the exact details, but I, it, it continues to play with kind of the, the public perception of superheroes and the property damage part of it. Because that first fight in the second one where they try to take down the Underminer results in like a bridge falling down or something and then just a bunch of damage to the city. And then that starts this whole mm-hmm. new conversation of like it was for the best to keep supers out of the, the public, you know. So, so that really is kind of a through line through both movies is this idea that mostly honest people are these supers they don't want to hurt anything or anyone but a lot of what they're trying to do does end in a lot of collateral damage which i think is a is a point that it took many other franchises a long time to even consider making and the incredibles was on top of it immediately like you said it was you know four years before the mcu even really kicked off and then it took the mcu another like five or six or whatever before they even started considering that these superheroes were causing destruction and the Incredibles picked up on that in the own, their own movie it really um, wasn't until what the aftermath of Age of Ultron well Civil War is the only specific moment in the MCU where they or the first specific moment where they go you guys have caused damage there's consequences for it yeah you know every movie before it it happens but there's no like recognition really it's Civil War where it all comes to front. But again, it took... Now, on one hand, that's just part of the MCU's process of storytelling, and I understand that. But I do think that in part, they were just kind of, you know... You probably make the first couple movies in the MCU, and you just kind of go, superheroes doing super stuff. You don't really think about it. Iron Man's going to shoot missiles and fight, you know, Ironmonger and stuff. 
But The Incredibles is like immediately in the first like act, you know, re- like really represents that these people are good, but they're causing some damage too. And then that's kind of where the whole movie comes from. You know, and I think that's a that even in itself is kind of a message ahead of its time. It's just a, it you know leave it to Pixar honestly. I mean I hate to just shill for them, but like it's just a really well made, layered, fun, you know, heartfelt, funny, sad, all the things movie. You know, it's just it's really amazing their ability to consistently put stuff out like that, and and maybe consistently is a weird word to use at this point since this movie was made you know twenty years ago. But but it's, it's just it's one of the best. It's one of the best movies, period, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. And so it's obviously one of the best Pixar movies, but but it really just, the more I sit here and think about moments I want to talk about, it blows me away. Like even, you know, and I don't need to rant too long, but even what we had talked about a bit earlier with the fact that Violet's abilities are a reflection of her, you know, adolescence, basically. You know, now obviously, not that her abilities are going to change with her age, but it's specifically supposed to represent that she wants to become invisible because she's this teenager that doesn't feel like she fits in. And then her more physical ability is that she can create walls around herself. Another kind of stereotypical teenage thing, you know? So she's creating these barriers and turning invisible. And, and she's a very clear, like, representation of a teenager trying to find their place. And that's like her whole arc is trying to find her own confidence in her abilities and everything. And and they could have just had her have a superpower, but it was this really deep, well thought out, like, you know, just it, it was so representative of what it's like to be a teenager. It wasn't just some dumb ability, you know. Even like you know, Elastigirl, moms. Often multitask. Exactly. It's being everywhere at once. You know, it's the same thing. It wasn't an accident that she was given that ability. You know, and then maybe Mr. Incredibles is a little more on the nose, but even that, (laughs) it's just the dad, strong, you know, nothing is stronger than him, nothing can beat him, but also kind of just straightforward, brunt, going to blow some stuff up too. But like, you know, and then Dash obviously is, is... I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's a, a deeper explanation that I haven't thought of, but more or less, I just you had said like ADHD. Yeah. I think that's that's a good enough explanation of what I think it is. He's no, just there's nothing wrong. He's, with that. Well, no, but it's like you know, he's kid. He's energy. He's just on to the next thing. He's zip 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 zip. You know, and 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 that's representative in his his ability to run fast. You know, and do these athletic things. Yeah, the most unrealistic uh, part of the movie was a fourth grade track meet. Yeah, <laughs> I love that moment though. No, close second, close second, and he just, just zips on right by. Just to... the next shot, silver trophy. Yeah, uh, I love it though. Letting him compete, but because man, I what? Imagine the world where a guy with super speed could compete in in athletic endeavors. Yeah, it would just be. It'd be like a trans man competing. <laughs> nah, <I'm sorry>. Okay. <laughs> Whoa! 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 What are we? <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, the Incredibles, I think. Oh, 2004. Yes, mm-hmm. we watched. So we watched The Incredibles. Um, oh, we one thing we should bring up. Mm-hmm. Um, Edna. Oh, I loved Edna. Edna's very funny. Yeah. And kind of racist. Maybe we'll see. Th- not intention. Not an intent. Yeah, but well, and the thing I'm I'm struggling with is okay. 
So I think I saw this on. It's here. directed by or it's it's, it's voiced by Brad Bird, the director. The director, yeah. yeah. So that adds a layer of complexity to it. Um, <laughs> who is a white male? Well, and probably straight. The thing is, and and I I don't love to to get into the the weeds of stuff like this, but with this specifically, I wonder, is it it like an accidentally racist representation, or is it more racist that we think it's a potentially racist? Well, it's also representation. It, we wouldn't have thought if we were twenty nine years old in two thousand four. I don't think we think that's racist. Maybe some, maybe some. Well, I guess do. what you're saying is neither of us are bothered by it. Well, it's just well. Plus, the modern culture is like yeah. It has kind of taught me to kind of recognize when things feel a little yeah. off. Because yeah. Edna's, I would assume, some type of Eastern European. Exactly. Uh, I mean, even her name, Edna Mode. But talk, there's nothing. But to talk like it is. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's it's so, every everything visually, it, it gives no indication that it's any racist, you know, uh, representation at all. Because she's not seemingly Asian at all. But... The voice is just so undeniably like someone making fun of an Asian uh, accent. Yeah, it, it, so it felt I, Chinese. Yeah, so it's so strange because I'm going, okay, well, it's not like it's not like the visuals that I'm seeing right now are like racist Asian cartoon character. Like they could have yeah, done yeah. way more to make that something. But then I'm, my my ears are hearing this like all in all this white dude Brad Bird doing what. I, I don't know how to explain other than, like, a bad Asian accent, which I'm just, immediately I'm going, that seems racist, but she's not Asian at all, so I don't know that it really even is. Maybe they, I don't know maybe they just wanted to kind of, like, randomize a character, where I mean, it's like, it, okay, tiny Eastern European woman. It's possible that she is supposed to be, like, the most culturally ambiguous person, you know, because it really is kind of hard. Like, you get, at least me, I get some kind of, like, French vibe from her, kind of, you know, not even, again, it's not even the accent. It's just kind of, she has this very, like you had said, this European kind of like properness to her. Um, but she's not French. I don't know that the name Edna Mode is French. And, but I don't, I don't know. She's just, she seems to be this amalgamation of everything, which I, I do think in some sense is what the writers want Edna to be. I don't think that she's supposed to be pigeonholed into any particular, you know, race or class or whatever. She's supposed to be this largely, uh, I don't know, transcendent, just... Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> you know, she, she's a... I don't know, she, she's a, a... What's the word I'm looking for? Who are the people that make the... The suits for models and stuff, like a, a designer. She's a fashion designer, there so go. she's she's extra. You know, it's like I don't think that's unfair to say. That's every show on flamboyant e is extra. You know, it's like it's it's just that that thing. And 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 I, again, it's worth noting Edna Mode also one of my favorite characters in this movie. So none of this has anything to do with like disliking the character or Brad Bird for playing her. It was just kind of a strange moment where I'm going like, man, like half my brain wants to say this is racist, but I can't really figure out why. Nothing about it is explicitly racist. It just feels that way. Which, you're right, is probably just the culture we're in, you know, just seeping into my brain and, and making me see it everywhere. But... Well, and... Look, say what you want, but 
anyone who does an Asian accent, it's 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 the funniest of accents. Yeah, I think objectively. Yeah, even when even when it's an Asian person doing an English accent, it's hard not to chuckle. Yeah. You don't do it in front of them, but <laughs> the moment you leave the room, like yeah. that was fucking funny. Well, and honestly. Let's just agree that accents can be funny regardless. Most accents are a little bit funny. Yeah. Regardless of, like, race, ethnicity, whatever. Because it's, it's just a difference. That's all it is. Yeah. It's just built from how different is the way that you're talking from the way that I'm talking. I don't know that it even has anything to do with the specifics of that other culture. It's just we find things that are noticeably <laughs> different than what we do potentially humorous yeah an example kind of the flip side is episode ted lasso um i can't i'm so bad at remembering names sometimes one of the characters he's mocking ted lasso he's a british dude mm-hmm. uh, roy kent that's the character's name and he's as soon as ted lasso like walks out the door he's like he starts doing a really bad american accent he's mm-hmm. like i'm a ted lasso yeah. i'm a cowboy Yeehaw. yeah he, Whoever you mock, if it's even mocking, it's just when someone when someone else isn't supposed to talk like that and they talk like that, it's almost mm-hmm. immediately funny. Yeah. Whether they mean for it, that's their intent, is yeah. humor or not. Um, I do genie uh, from yeah. Silicon Valley all the time. Yeah. You are a Kasha never tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just one of the best lines in the whole show. Yeah. Oh. Well, and also too, I mean, I'm pretty sure that actor. That's literally an accent he's doing. Because yeah. that actor doesn't speak anywhere near to that. So yes, it's an Asian actor playing a more stereotypical Asian character. But even that's not his voice. It's him doing an accent. Oh, hell, we for did... the sake of humor. Oh, and well, in Training Day, we just saw uh, Cliff Travis, whatever his name was. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Travis, whatever his name was. I have no the idea. guy who's playing the Hispanic guy, but he's from New Zealand and he's oh, not at all yeah. Hispanic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, yeah. If you want to call it appropriation or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. it, it exists everywhere. You yeah. Know? And I don't know. I, it, 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 I wasn't distracted. I was distracted in the sense like, oh, I think that is a nation accent. But it didn't take me out of it. I just found it even more funny that yeah. they, that was the choice they made. Yeah, which I think what's especially funny to me is I, I find it hard to believe that that was the choice they made. I don't know that Brad Bird sat in a room and went, I think for Edna Mode I'm going to do like a vaguely Asian accent. Because that feels like a strange choice to make. Yeah. I think he probably just found a voice, you know, and it just sounded interesting. And then just did it. And it's not always like Asian sounding. Like yeah. it, it fluctuates between like a European. Exactly. And that's why it's confusing. Because when it does have that kind of stereotypical Asian to it. Like the L's sound like R's. Yeah. Or whatever it might be. Yeah. Which, yes, is a little stereotypical. But again, it's... I think we're probably getting a little too deep into the weeds of... of hey. when, you know, when racism is funny. <laughs> but... I think, I think we have every right as... As white a, men. As white, straight men to have a large opinion on these subjects. It's time that we were put into these conversations. Now, if we were from, if we were from New York or California, then that'd be pretentious. But we're from mm-hmm. good old boy Midwest. We don't know any better. Yeah. We don't know any better. Without me, you guys don't have corn, okay? Even though I've never done anything with corn once in my life. Shuck your mouth, dude. <laughs> <laughs> my people are growing this Whoa. Corn. My people. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> See, you can do different things with oh. Yeah. Oh. 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 Okay. 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 Right on, right on. Yeah. 
Well, we don't, we don't have to go too much further. Any final thoughts uh, as far as the movie before we get into ratings? Um, well, let, 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 let's still just let's run through it real quick. We touched on a lot. But, okay, so we touched on Edna Mode. That gets you to, you know, him getting to the island. He's got his new suit. Um, I did like that, that, you know, they didn't go into detail with a lot of the other supers, but they did let you know that this is kind of a wide world of supers. You get an idea that Gazer Beam is basically like Cyclops. You know, he has his lasers and everything. You get all these other superheroes where, you know, if you wanted to cycle through all of them, you could probably guess what their abilities are. Um, that's one thing that I do enjoy about the second one is it's obviously not all these characters that, that died in this first one, but you get an, a bigger group of interesting, cool characters that have these interesting abilities. Because um, that's, you know, like you had said, they focus kind of primarily on the four family members, and that's great for the first one, but I also appreciate that there's this larger world of supers. You know, that's what Frozone is supposed to be. It's just like, there are buddies out there with all these other cool abilities and stuff, you know? and um, Which, his abilities aren't that cool. Well, yeah, and I was, you know, at the, the final fight where they're in the city, and, and he comes and he picks up Dash, and I even said, I'm like, Dash is faster than he is, like, under any circumstance. Now, maybe it's just like the let's get an adult in the room kind of thing, and Dash is only nine or whatever, but it's like, why would you pick Dash up and, and have him with you while you're doing your ice skating thing? Dash is, like, 20 times faster than that. You just keep him wherever he is and just tell him to run. More. And you're making a faster path for the robot yeah. to, to just kind of skate on ice. It's also easier to follow because you just follow the ice. Like, Frozone can't be anywhere but on the path that he's leaving. <laughs> you know? Dash can zip in and out. His, which, big, his biggest weakness is dehydration. Yeah, which, I mean, look. That's like every morning. Like, 80% of us are dehydrated. Not me, you're bitch. telling me Frozone's not part of that 80%? Not me. I got I got a new Yeti. I, I want it at work. If you were Frozone, it'd be lit. No, because it's, it's also magnet. Magnetically okay. sealed. Is today's episode sponsored by Yeti? Whoa. Mag I was talking about the magnetic poles earlier. You were. It's so weird that I said the two words. Call back. Oh. <laughs> or is that foreshadowing? It's foreskin. I don't know. And that's our episode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, okay, so... So we're at the end, the end of the movie. We're at the end of the movie now. Mm-hmm. Well, it, 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 was, it was good. It can be, but yeah. Okay, <laughs> Well, so, you're talking about the, the, the ice, and that was at the end of the movie. Yeah, but I was more just referencing, so like even earlier with Dash, um, another thing was, and I know these are nitpicks, that I don't know how you really put these in the movie, but he was a little too easily caught by those dudes in the spinny ships. Because, like, I'm thinking, if Dash is as fast as we've seen him be... Well, on that, that video camera with the teacher, he was, like, teleporting. Yeah, he's like, it's lightning. It's, it's, it's like, faster than you blink. So, if that's the case, how could he ever be caught by any of these things? He's just going to zip off. And, like, and it's, it's almost like, what I don't understand is, there's, there's no way that those ships have the same agility that he does. Because they, they just can't. So why wouldn't he just run really fast in one direction, get them moving behind him, and then just immediately, like, turn around or turn to the right? And there, it's going to take him so long to turn in that direction that he's gone. But everything was just straight ahead, you know, oh, I'm so cool because I'm running on water, like... All right, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> we get it, dude. No, but honestly, Dash was still one of the more fun characters in the movie. I just felt like there were moments where I was, it was like, yeah, but he wouldn't be caught. I, I don't know, like... 
Yeah. He's, he's, he's so fast. That's where my brain will take me out of it sometimes, just even though it's an animated film, but like the henchmen mm-hmm. in those ships, I'm like, they couldn't handle those Gs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they and they're just like them. sitting up, just, just chilling, just, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, how fast is Dash? I don't understand. But I do love, uh, last thing on, on this moment on the island, I, that whole chase scene, so much fun though. And I love the moment where he gets in that little like cave where the water is, and he turns around a couple times. And then he realizes that they're both closing in on him. And for some reason, they both think that the right decision is to just go full speed. As if, like, Dash's body is going to keep them from running into each other anyway. He's like two foot six. Yeah, so I mean, like, even if he does just stand there and they accomplish what they want, which is evidently to run into him and cut him in half, they're still going to run into each other. So, I mean, it's a cool yeah. move by him to just stop and then dip into the water. But the fact that they're going so fast and run into each other is like, what was the plan, guys? I don't know. Like, maybe they're just all willing to die for the cause, and they're just like, hey, if we can take this kid out, though, that's huge. You know, but either way, they both just blow up. A lot of death in this movie, honestly. A lot of death. You know, it, it was all very, not all very subtle, but like... They did it in mostly subtle ways where you're not, you never saw blood. It was implied death. Yeah. You never saw, you know, body parts mm-hmm. anywhere, but like. Guy getting stuck into a propeller or. Well, no, that did happen. Yeah. Well, they, well they, they they go off screen as soon as it's, but it's implied. Cause yeah. Because I don't know how you can get sucked into a propeller and not get chopped up a bit. Because he even says, oh no, I'm getting chopped into propeller. Yeah, he does. <laughs> People forget that he says that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and then if you get on the subtitles, it goes, gargles blood. I should be a voice actor. You're right. Beep boop. Give us our, your best. Uh, I don't know. You're a you're a four foot blue alien. It's a comedy. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Pass me the pepper shaker. Okay. Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> Are you switching characters now? I'm trying to do different variations. Okay, you're testing out a different. Uh, hello. Okay. I'm blue alien. This Fox comedy. That's that not bad. That's not bad. Can you hold it, though? I can hold it. Okay. All day. All right. Give it to me straight, kid. You in, you're out. Okay. Are you gay? I am. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Not the gay stuff, but teamwork. Tuesdays on Fox. Is the show teamwork or uh, <laughs> Blue Alien? It's called Slowly Rotating Black Guy. Okay, yeah. That was good, though. That was... I mean, it wasn't perfect, but it was better God. than I expected. That's that's honestly just my white guy voice, like my like my cle- not even a cliche, just an exaggerated version of a white guy excited about a yard sale. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, come on down to the neighborhood this Saturday. We got we got you know, a, we, we got drapes. We we got everything you could ever want for. Just yeah. thirty cents. Come on down. It's Dude. a guy with a cold, <laughs> which is me right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like a cliche eighties nerd or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. I'm imagining the glasses with the tape in the middle. Give me a random character. I'll do it. What do you mean? Am I creating? You're someone? creating. Um. Okay. You are. Is it's cartoon, right? It can be whatever. Okay. So you are a 19 year old freshman in college. You are a human being, but it is animated. Um, you are on the football team, but you are smarter than people give you credit for. Okay. My D one. Is this in, and in this universe, you're you're like the hot shot on campus on like the the best college team in the state. You know, like they're not getting into specifics, but but that's what the show gives you. You're at a good college. You're going to be a good football player, but you kind of secretly want to be like a botanist or something. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get the character. Yeah, Chris, I don't know, man. I feel like 
TikTok, you're all in all the time. And it's reflecting your grades. You're never going to make it a starting lineup. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> maybe I didn't give you a very good character. <laughs> it was very specific. Yeah, I feel like maybe I need to give you, like, something more in the realm of an alien or something. Um, or alien like, on a football or like, team. Or like an animal. 19-year-old alien. I guess I, I just gave you a person that was animated, so I, I don't know why I was surprised when you just kind of talked. <laughs> <laughs> your voice wasn't that different than your voice normally how, is. How do I go do it at 19 year old? That's what I'm saying. That was that was on me. Dude, um, dude. Okay. okay, so you're in like a TV show where you're out of high school, but all the characters are monsters, okay? Some of them are like cliche monsters, but it's it's sort of like... Uh, you watch Velma. Is that why this is... I mean, I guess. Or Save by the Bell. Of, all right. But, but you're just... Uh, I'm a human? No, you, you're you're a monster. Oh, you're we're like all a, monsters. Yeah, it's like a Monsters Inc. Uh, monsters okay. Academy kind of thing, but it's a, just a high school. I don't know. You're like a three-legged, three-eyed. Uh, you have a an antenna in the middle of your head and a big mouth. Okay, and you're purple. <laughs> uh, Darian, uh, you you got third period come up, huh? Uh, Okay, uh, I'll see you at choir, right? Oh, you're skipping school? Oh. <laughs> I think you're becoming Cleveland Brown. My name is Cleveland Brown. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay, I, I, okay. I accidentally shifted. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm better at just hearing voices in my head. I'm better at having <laughs> schizophrenia. <laughs> Ah, man, I guess I can't carry a character. That's too bad. Well, I'm also putting you on the spot. I think you... Ooh, podcast name? On the spot. <laughs> With Cleveland? Yeah. Can you do Peter? No. Peter. That's a clue. What was that? I think it was Cleveland just saying Peter. <laughs> like Cleveland doing a Peter impression saying Peter. Okay. <laughs> what's, he, what's he say? He, say, he says things. Stewie. <laughs> I don't think he's ever said Stewie like that. <laughs> say Lois. How does he say Lois? Lois? I don't think so. <laughs> Lois? <laughs> Peter. Okay, here you go. <laughs> Come on next door and play no. the game. <laughs> I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they call it Spoople. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry, Peter. So that's the best one you can do is, is a one-time character. <laughs> you just figure out how to play Spoople. <laughs> you got a future in this industry, kid. <laughs> Propane. Oh, God. He's switching shoes. They're bringing back King of the Hill. Oh, are they? Yeah. Bernie okay. Murphy's not, though, unfortunately. She died in... 2009. Who's she playing that? Um, like the blonde chick. Oh, okay. I never really watched the show. We should, I feel like we should wrap up, though. Yeah, ratings. Ratings. What do you rate? The Incredibles. Family Guy? Oh. The Incredibles. Oh, boy. I uh, really enjoyed it. If, it was kind of like I was seeing it for the first time, because I don't remember m- much of it outside of, like, Frozone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all I could really remember. Yeah. So, seeing it again, uh, I mean, I was laughing. It's very, very good writing. Um, 
I'd, I'd give it 12 out of 13. I, you know, I, I agree. I think I'm going to go... Oh, man. I think I'm going to go 16 out of 17. Ooh, you know, a higher it, percentage. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that I want to get as close as I can to 100 as I can with, with also recognizing, like... It's look. I don't know that it's possible to make like the perfect movie, and I think that's what a hundred would have to be a hundred percent. But it comes so close. It, it, there, I don't know that there are any super noticeable weaknesses in this. There's a couple moments very quickly where the animation seems a little wonky, but I think that's also just because it's been twenty years. I think for the time, it was cutting edge and super clean, super crisp, uh, just great to look at. Like, the, you know, the water and everything is great. Um, well, yeah, the water specifically, Yeah, when he's running on the water, and just exactly. the, the spray. Yeah, but a lot of that stuff they do a really incredible job of. Um, so it's like there's very, very quick moments that took me out of it for like a millisecond, but nothing well, not long enough, enough to... to... Yeah, I wasn't sitting there going like, oh, this didn't hold up, you know? Um, so again, I really, it's, it's one of those that I think comes extremely close to being kind of a perfect movie especially for what it's trying to be. Um, so I think it, it deserves about as much credit as it can get. It's just, it's super tight. It, it does a really good job of telling a, um, you know, a, a connected story, but also like a, how am I trying to say this? Like, it, it allows so much room for growth off of it, but it also completes its arc really well. It gives you syndrome in the very first scene when he's a kid, and then the entire thing is Mr. Incredible more or less just dealing with the consequences of kicking him out of the car. It's one of those films, you know? like, if it didn't have a sequel, I think we'd be fine. We got yeah. everything we needed out of that movie. Yeah. And the second one, I mean, I don't quite remember it. But, we'll watch it at some point. Uh, but I remember enjoying it. Yeah. Um, being pretty entertained, as yeah. movies should do. Yeah. Uh, so 16 out of 17, mm-hmm. that's like a 93, 94%. It's yeah. pretty good. I think that's right. Yeah. So, um, outside of the ratings, um, let's let's do. We, we did a couple episodes ago. What are you watching right now? Like, what anything? Uh, any uh, recommendations? Honestly, man, as of right this second, I'm not watching a ton. I mean, not that this is really in the entertainment side of things, but I think what we're starting to ramp up with is uh, NFL draft stuff. I think that's where my attention is being drawn to. Obviously, we have the Super Bowl here in a week, but. Um, you know, but we have just a bunch of football stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I won't go into too much detail. I know that this is primarily revolving around uh, movies and shows and things. But honestly, right this minute, I don't know that I'm in the middle of any shows. You know, we watched The Good Place. We finished that up, you know, a week ago or so. Yeah, if you weren't in the room, I would have cried. Yeah, same. That finale, I, that finale got me. I still might, but I, I thought about throwing on the finale just to kind of, like, give myself the, I don't know, the... The, the, the finale I, I needed. That, know, that the, was the your and... sweet potato fries. Okay. Like it was everything that it was promised to be? Is that what you're saying? Well, for background, we had a, we had a friend that I thought was overhyping these sweet potato fries at this mm-hmm. bar we, we like in Indy. And I'm like, stop overhyping it. They're good. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want the other people to think that they're not that great. And we just overhyped something that is a place that means a lot to us. Yeah. But by golly, our, and then they lived up to it. The best damn sweet potato fries I've ever had. Yeah. So, and you've kind of talked to me about the good place for a few years, like not like all the time, but yeah. usually it's yeah, brought so up. It's brought up. Some I should try. Mm-hmm. But you always do a good job of not overhyping it. 
so I think I, that's why I finally like caved in. But so it really exceeded okay, the expectations. Good. But you did always speak highly of it. Yeah, and uh, it was a fantastic show. Uh, very watchable. Just as far as like uh, 13, 12, 13 episode seasons, mm-hmm. and it's it, it's digestible. Yep, it, it's not long. Twenty four episode seasons like Friends, Snore, um, wow. No Shade, not a lot wow. of shade. Here's how Friends, friends go. Catching strays. Joey, pass the potatoes, but I'm hungry. It's the entire song. I'll be there for you. We should do a mash. That was fucking good. I can't do it loud, though. How'd you do that? I just... Oh, before we hop off. So, speaking in the realm of sports, I think at some point we should... Maybe not just maybe not watch maybe we can watch sports movie too, but also like have a discussion of our favorite sports movies. I was having this discussion at work today, and it kind of became clear to me that I don't really have nothing. Not one really popped out as yeah. above the rest because they don't really move me like a lot of my yeah. other favorite films. Uh, there's a couple out there that like they're, they're good, like the original like Friday Night Lights or mm-hmm. you know my guy at work he he kept mentioning all these baseball movies, but I'm not into baseball, so I, I never saw Major League. I don't care about. Uh, Bull Durham, you know, I, yeah. but it was interesting kind of going into that realm of, yeah, we can, I'll say off the rip, I, there are some sports movies that I can enjoy that like are, are solid, you know, for me, what comes to mind is remember the Titans is kind of the easy one. It's hard to watch that and say it's not a good movie, but I think that's also partially because it's not just a football movie. Yeah. You know, it does a lot of other things too. I think you can say something similar about radio, where it's like it's a football movie, but it's not really a football movie. You know, <clears throat> we yeah, brought, those were both were brought up yeah. today, and I was telling this guy at work that radio unfortunately has turned into kind of a comedy for me. Oh, no. Now, okay, so in all fairness to me, it's very quotable for the wrong reasons. Good podcast name. In all fairness to me. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What was I saying? In all fairness to you. Oh yeah yeah. So. It's very quotable. Radio is very quotable. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it here. <laughs> That's for <laughs> behind close. It would be. I made the reverse. Art. Coach Jones, reverse. Coach Jones. Uh, do you want the apple pie, or the cherry pie, both? <laughs> he said just moments well, ago. Well, you heard the band. No, the argue, My argument was like, if he was played by a, like a, a mentally disabled character, that, I think that would be different. Like an actor? Like if the actor himself was. Okay. But it's Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, but you are kind of mocking the portrayal of a real person, though. Sure. So, yes, it's Cuba Gooding Jr., but it's a reenactment of someone that's real. But it's based on true events. So. Yeah. But I'm sure he did his due diligence to do as good a job acting as that character. Ah, did he, he have to ride the shopping cart? You know, That was probably something he did. Allegedly, in, <laughs> we'll today, never find in out. today's climate. Anyway, getting off topic. Uh, my my recommendations. I might get canceled after. I get almost. I should get canceled after everything I say. To be honest, <laughs> you can't take anything from a man with nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> you can't cancel a man who's already been canceled. Yeah, my net worth is negative. Anyway, um, I don't. Yeah, as far as shows and movies, I, I don't think I've. All the movies I've watched have been with you in okay. the last week or so. Yeah. Um, rewatching Game of Thrones, 
it's weird because like I'm enjoying it because like I don't remember. This happens a lot. I don't remember things. <laughs> and and uh, I guess Alzheimer's. I might, but like getting back into that world's been fun. And I'm like, oh shit, this sets up that. So you have the, the hindsight factor. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like ugh, I know this is leading to season eight. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. And I don't want to be that guy who constantly shits on season eight, but God, it, it just wasn't. It really is like I have no interest in. The, the first handful of seasons are undeniably really incredible television. Like, that goes without saying. I just can't see myself going back to watch it because the whole time I'm going to know where it ends. You know? Now, each season is, is going to be self-contained as a really great storyline. But the whole point of Game of Thrones is that it's leading to this overall big conflict. And knowing the end of that conflict, it just makes... You know, like, I, I would walk in while you were watching a little bit, and I love watching scenes of these old moments. But then every single time, something in my brain would be like, yeah, but you know who John really is, and you know how that doesn't matter. And, like, I was watching a little bit of that one episode with you where it ends on discovering that Bran and, uh, uh, I don't remember the other kid's name, but the two brothers, you know, the Starks. It's, it's like, uh, it's Bran and... Bran? What is his name? Is it Bran? No, Bran and... Stan. Not Stan, but the other the other kid. Okay, the younger Stark. Yeah, well, he's a little bit old. Is he younger than Bran? Yeah, Bran. I don't a, know. But yeah. The point is, you discover they're back, and as soon as I see Bran, I you know I said our our one true king or whatever. Yeah. And I said that mostly out of like frustration because I'm just like, it, it's so annoying now seeing Bran, who I have no problem with his storylines in this in these moments of the of the you know the seasons, but knowing where he ends up, I'm just like, this is all so stupid now. So yeah. it just, the moments are still great, and it's still incredible writing, and it's still incredible acting, all those things are true. It's just that it's hard for me to get into it, because I know where it all goes. The most fun I have is, I'm so, like, captivated by uh, Peter Dinklage. Just, yeah, oh, early Peter is, oh, Tarion is the best. And not even just, like, the words he says, it's just, like, his the movements and how he acts, mm-hmm. he is... Like he's just acting. I know it sounds silly to say it. It's just different. Have you? It's a different level. Have you got to the point again yet where he's on trial? Have you gotten to Joffrey's death? No, I'm, no, I haven't watched in a few days. But uh, season like mid season three. Okay. Um. What's her What's her name? <laughs> Sansa is possibly about to marry a Tyrell, or like they're talking about that possibility with uh, Marjorie. Okay. That's not even a significant part of the episode. That's the last thing I remember <laughs> happening. <Good. laughs> but but uh, the Tyrells are involved now. Yeah. Mar- they're not married yet, Marjorie and okay. Joffrey. But were they ever married? I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah She's yeah, the yeah. queen. Yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, we haven't got to that yet. But, yeah, okay. Um, let's get... Tyrion's the master of coin now. Oh. It's so... All right, we'll, we'll get off this podcast here in a second. But season one, when you're introduced to Tywin Lannister... He's like really at first. He's like really impressed by Tyrion, like he, his ability to, he said something to like misdirect somebody, maybe the Starks, whoever, as far as the other army that they're because they're all trying to converge on this one location. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I know Tywin hates Tyrion, but in that moment, it's like, okay, he's on the uppity up <laughs> with his dad, mm-hmm. and then he leads the the charge uh, when Joffrey bails at the end at Blackwater. Yeah. And then, you know, Tywin shows up, and then they just fucking shit on him. Like, like he didn't do shit. Yeah. It's just... Well, you know, it's, it's, it's mostly, not to go into all the details of their relationship, but it's mostly just because Tywin knows that Tyrion is capable 
he just also knows that Tyrion is like this demon child who killed his wife in childbirth. So there's this always this sense of like, and you'll get to this, I think it's season four when it happens, but you already know Tywin gets killed. Whoa! And, yeah, I know, right? Spoilers! Yeah, crossbow. Yeah, but, it, it, you know, it's it's kind of, it's addressed in those moments leading up to that that death, and I think maybe even somewhat in that conversation that they have before Tyrion shoots him, but it's like, you know, there, I think there is, Tywin is too smart not to have a certain amount of respect for, like, the brain that Tyrion has, so I think he, he knows that Tyrion's, like, a super intelligent guy. It's just that that can never trump the fact that he is this misfit who was the cause of death for his wife. Well, and so he just always holds that against And him. his reputation, Tyrion's, of, like, always in the whorehouses yeah. and all that. And the well, and that's the thing, too, is all the Lannisters have a re- reputation in their own way of, you know, shithousery. Yeah. You know? Fucking your brother. Yeah, it's, it's always something. It's Allegedly. just that Tyrion has that extra layer of, like... You know, Jamie is the perfect golden boy. So, yeah, he does some shit that gets under Tywin's skin, but at least he's the golden boy and everything. So he can still kind of prop up that name. But Tyrion is just, you know, he again, he's just, he's the living representation of his wife dying in childbirth. You know, and that's that's why he's this demon spawn, you know. And and that is kind of, you know, translated over to uh, Jamie and, and Cersei as well. That's where that kind of hate comes from also. But... Last thoughts before we'll get out of here, but the uh, the insults they had for little people yeah. in that show way more ruthless than midget. Uh, like imp, like imp is so just like that's so mean. Imp is like a like a creature. Yeah, creature, and then half man. Come on, yeah. <laughs> I laugh the most at half man, and then the, and it's, but then it's also used kind of to cheer him on, like half man, half yeah. man. Uh, hey, you got to own your differences, man. You know. The stuff that makes you special. You know, they should, uh... <laughs> Peter Dingler should go on Wheel of Fortune, and they should tie him to the wheel so they can call it a midget spinner. All right, and with that, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to get out of here. All right. Tim and Ben, Ben and yeah, Tim, ben and episode Tim. four. We'll see you soon. Episode four. Peace.